Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. How are you guys doing? I'm Dr. Lisa. Thank you for listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. It's the greatest radio station in the Western Hemisphere. I know because I've listened to them all. So I'm very excited because I have a uh, really cool, really, really hot rock guy on today. He's, he's really cute. He's probably younger than my stepson, so I can flirt with him, which I love. I love. Today's a big day for me because I'm so, I'm so old, it's harmless. But anyway, his name is Steel Kratt. He uh, has been producing a lot of great music on his own. He's also the drummer of a well-known band called The Britneys, which has played, and I say well-known because they've been around long. They played other countries, all right? But no one's playing anywhere. We're not even allowed in other countries right now, which is so fucked up. Anyway, I'm really, you know, let's just be serious for a second. I'm really sorry you're going through this, whatever you're going through. And everybody's got their own hell. You know, like, you know, we, some people feel like I can't complain because everybody's life sucks right now, or, you know, they had their own particular COVID presidential election related trauma. Well, you're not alone in this, okay? And it's okay to complain. And uh, there's a lot of great online therapy. Give me a call, give me a get in touch. But even if you can't do that, call a friend and complain. Have a friend that's your complaint support system. Don't dwell on the complaints, get the complaints out, and then just chill and move on knowing you're not alone. Anyway, I, I really encourage you to go to our RadioFreeBrooklyn.org website and look around and get to know us, download our apps, and donate a couple of bucks or donate whatever you have because right now, you know, every right now we're a nonprofit and we really do give voice to our broad community. And if you like my show, Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit, well, I want to keep doing it. Help me out. Help. Okay. I'm going to bring in uh, Steel Crack. Steel, hi. How are you? How's it going? Good. So I'm. Okay, folks, I'm looking at Steele, and he's in this kind of bucolic setting. How the fuck does a guy like you get to live in such a bucolic setting at this time? You look, you you know what? I'm going to tell you this, Steele, quite honestly. I feel like I'm having an interview with somebody who, you know, one of those people that you see on TV in their palace or something. What the fuck? (laughs) Um, well, uh, yeah, I'm in upstate New York. Um, my girlfriend has a house up here and we were, we were in the city for the first like three months of the pandemic. We kind of did the reverse commute where mm-hmm. shut down, we were in the city and then in like June or late May, we came up here. Um, and her band has been working on stuff and I've been kind of just hanging uh doing i've been doing some music of my own um and then also you know playing sports enjoying nature and so uh, do you have a recording studio in that house um it's makeshift but yeah they've yeah. been yeah, yeah. i recorded yeah. my 
Uh, so do you feel a little guilty like everybody else back in Bushwick in their hovels and stuff? Do you feel guilty? I feel, just a little? Initially, I felt like I was a traitor to, to my city and my upbringing. But the way I justify it is that I was here for the first three months. When shit hit the fan, I didn't. We weren't like, we got to go flee for the hills. Oh, all right. You paid your dues. It was more like when everything started opening Don't up. Don't feel again. guilty. Don't feel guilty. Don't let me put that on you. When, when things... oh, but you can be manipulated by guilt. That's good to oh, know. Yeah, no, okay, great. Okay. Um, so anyway, um, Tell us. I want to. I want to play. Uh, start off with one of your one of your latest your latest single. But it, um, why don't you tell us a little bit? Listen, folks. I I, I told Steele that I'm going to ask him about girls. So so he's really cute. I'm going to ask him about girls. So stay tuned. But first, we have to get to like who the fuck the guy is. Let's talk about your music. I mean, music's your life, right? So tell us about like the band you were in and how you got to the music you're doing now and what's your story as far as all that goes. For sure. Uh, well, I started playing drums when I was about seven years old and played in bands throughout middle school and high school, but everyone was like five years older than me or so. It was all my sister's friends. And then I started the Britneys with my friend Lucas uh, when we were 18. I played drums in that band, uh, I guess, yeah, from 18 to, to present, uh, pandemic excluded. 20, what, 20, what, how old are you now? I'm, I'm 26, 26. so for, for about eight years, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I was 19, so All right. seven years, so who gives a shit? Um, but so <laughs> I've always played drums in bands, uh, and then, you know, I got tired of, was it exciting? I just have to find, I just want to like, was it exciting uh, being in like touring when you were touring? Did the Britneys like, you were touring and stuff and was it exciting? The band did really, has done really well. It's still a very active band that you're in. Was say, it exciting when all that stuff happened? I'd say yeah. local shows are exciting. Touring for me is like a slog. Like, you know, it's not, it's not, glamorous and i haven't done it extensively to the point where like a lot of other bands have where they're on the road for yeah right with nice like but, yeah with it's just like you know we did it in my hand-me-down minivan and uh i we didn't have a tour manager so i kind of essentially like tour managed like i would like you know be in charge of getting all the hotel rooms and uh mapping all the drives and figuring out the times and but was like, it like ex i mean but like you got a lot of really positive feedback right yeah it was fun and the band was doing i mean like you said the shows so so i mean the touring the actual touring was a drag but like in, you had like a real you have a following right yeah and that was nice that's for, a big deal right but of, yeah but in terms of like the uh like the lore of of touring uh, you know, like I didn't have a drop of alcohol, I think, on any of the tours. It was mm. just like, you know, someone's got to make sure that everything gets to where it needs to go. And, you know. Hey, so guys, listen to that. If you want to get shit done, you got to keep your focus and it's not a party. OK, so just there's a good example right here. I want you to note that. that the, the others didn't drink, but, you know, someone's got to be the DD. And, yeah, good for uh, you. 
Good for you. So um, now you're making your own music. Now, so was that a natural outgrowth of that? Did that start during the pandemic or was that before? What, how did you wind up doing your own, own music? Well, I always, I always felt like stuck in a box just playing drums. And I always felt really embarrassed that when, you know, I'd be in a situation where the band would be writing or, you know, I'd be on a session and people would be writing this and that, that I didn't have any knowledge of how to play like a stringed instrument. Um, mm -hmm. You were frustrated with what you had with yeah, your, had more, you had, wanted more, you wanted more skills. Exactly. So I kind of like took it upon myself to teach myself how to play guitar. Uh, and I did that privately, you know, I didn't really mm -hmm. tell the other guy. I just like, uh -huh. you just sprung it. in on them. And then, and then, you know, I started playing and I would, try and try and like insert myself you know with, with my guitar but there's already two guitar players in the band and a bass player so it's kind of like redundant so at a certain point I just figured that I'd start writing like songs for myself and I would just write them in my room just for me and then I decided eventually to to do something about it and mm -hmm. start my own stuff and doing both mm -hmm. um, so how long ago was that that you started doing your own music about a year ago. I mean, I've been, ago. Writing, I've been writing songs alone in my room for like probably two years, a year before that. Mm -hmm. I wasn't ready to do anything with it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just sort of just. So this is a good time for you yeah. in, in that you are able to, I mean, you kind of prepared yourself uh, unwittingly almost because now you can, you have, you can really create some major shit on your own. Okay, so tell us about this first song that we're gonna play. Yeah, well, this song is called Save Room, and um, it's kind of, it's about, it's a bit about being single in New York, but also a bit about uh, being critical of, of how people treat each other in courtship or in love, you know, so, so much You mean of, dating. Yeah, so much of dating mm -hmm. is just about, you, you know, um, who has the upper hand and treating people poorly. And, you know, so many people have so much pride on the line that is kind of like there for, I don't know, it's just hard to be vulnerable and people mistreat each other. So it's kind of more mm -hmm. like from the third person of that, of uh -huh. people being kind. And and just so people know, I mean, uh, you grew up in New York, so you're talking about, you know, dating dating chicks who are in New York, which have, have to be kind of. There's a lot of. <laughs> they must be very. They must be very shrewd. <laughs> I or like they know, you know, they're girls. Girls, girls are so much smarter than boys, especially at that age. So anyway, play the song, please. Yeah, we want to hear it definitely. Uh, where did it go? Here we go. She came to come across that way. God is always Exit you go on 
Beautiful. You know, uh, we can always uh, tape in a little, you know, some live audience there clapping. That's what we should probably do there. But um, no, that's a beautiful song, really. Um, thank you. That was really, yeah, yeah, you're good at, you know, you're, you're good at this. I think you're really, really good at this. Um, so, uh, that song, I want to get into asking you about, because um, I always really wanted to be a, a journalist for Tiger Beat, which I never was really able to make make it. But I think that, um, you know, it'd be fun to ask you about meeting girls and, and what why you think it was so difficult in New York. But before, I just want people to know that, um, okay, so Steel's adorable. And everybody in his band, the four guys are adorable. And they've been profiled in interview magazine with, you know, the photographers. They're like, you know, the real deal, rocky, rock, hot, hot music guys. So I just want you guys to know that. Do you like me describing your band that way? Just, you know, cutting them down to like the basic. But they, but I mean, the music's good, but there is like... <laughs> You know, I mean, you guys are, you got, girl, are you guys all hetero? That's what I want to know, too. Mm -hmm. You're all hetero. Don't you have a lot of girl groupies? Come on. No. No? Really? <laughs> all no. right. Um, well, someone's driving the slowest tractor through this road right now. Oh, well, that's what we, that's what we get for interviewing people in, out in the country. Um, See how you digress? Oh, did that make you uncomfortable? Look at that. You got this. Uh, the, just the track. I made him uncomfortable. I bet. That's my goal. Um, but, you know, I. Relationships pretty much the whole time. I was, I think I was the lone single member. For oh, you were the only single guy. But, but also, this is kind of interesting that you mentioned uh, right before we got on that one of your personality traits that you have to uh, navigate throughout your life is your competitiveness. And I wanted to ask you about that so we can understand you when we get to other topics. Mm -hmm. So can you explain what you're talking about that you're a, a highly competitive guy, right? Um, well, I, I grew up playing sports in the city, uh, mm -hmm. uh, mostly almost entirely just basketball. My dad grew up in New York. Uh, he's a, he grew up in Jamaica, Queens, and he is obsessed with basketball and would just play basketball all the time and get into fights all the time as a kid. You and, and your dad? I, my dad, no, my dad would when he was a child. Like, Oh, was, I got it, I got it. He he's competitive local, too. 
the local New York street tough. That's um, where you get your competitiveness from, right? Yeah. That's what we're yeah, saying. So from an early age, like he was teaching me about sports and I think, you know, DNA being DNA, uh, I got a lot of those genes. And so I've just kind of always had this really competitive streak within me. And I think in sports, it's honestly the healthiest because I'm not like necessarily, at least in my mind, an asshole to like my teammates. It's more of like a personal competitiveness. If, if the whole unit is doing poorly, I internalize it as my fault, you know? Hmm. So it's like, you know, work Interesting. harder and change it a little bit. And I think that that kind of manifests throughout the rest of my life, you know, like got to I want to ask you a question about that because you say like if your team is doing poorly, you you take it on as your fault. But does that also mean that on another level that sometimes or perhaps you see yourself as a leader? Yeah, definitely. Do you think that generally, I mean, you're, you know, you're obviously talented in sports. Do you think that you're often the best one, most talented on your team? Or how do you, how do you see, and I'm not, I mean, I'm just curious, like you are a leader. How do you see yourself as the leader? It's, um, I think just probably, (laughs) uh, wants, wants it the most and wants to gel everybody together the most, you know, like I'm not the most talented athlete, especially on my teams. There are people that are way better than me, but I, am like the the lead organizer and I like to like plan the most. Oh, oh, okay. You really put the work in and take charge of all the shit that no one else wants to do and have a vision for it. That's awesome. They're lucky to have you. And you probably do that with your band too. Yeah, I was gonna say it works really well for me. That's a great quality. Where'd you get that from? Sports. And my dad. From your dad. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know what you, how much you ascribe uh, personality traits to astrology. I'm fairly yeah. deep about it, but I would say that like, if we were going to go the astrological route, uh, I'm an Aries and I guess that that's like pretty much what the, that sign does. I'm not like a astrological, astrological person. Um, but I don't know. I just well, like, to- you know, if, if, if listeners, you know, if, if you guys, I mean, I'm sure some of these people out here that hear this like that shit, but I have to say, my best friend's actually a tarot card reader, but you know what? Therapists can't ascribe to that stuff. It's, no, I, not, I, it's not good for their business. It, I mean, it's at odds with what we do. But anyway, so the thing is, is like, I get it. You're like, you have genuine, you've been gen, gen, partly genetically and partly, you know, by, you know, yeah. It's I just a combination of things. You have talent in leading, organizing things, and teams. You know, it's a valuable and um, a very um, you know generous skill, altruistic skill. So, um, get so you take it on. Now I understand that. So tell me more about your competitiveness and how it affects you. Okay. Well, yeah, I think that I I like to to have like perceived control in a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's kind of like manifests in all different facets of my life. Like I like, I like to know what's happening and I like feeling comfortable in a situation and feeling like I have 
control over my destiny in that situation. So like, I hate change. Um, and I don't, uh, part of I think why touring has been tough is because there's so much that is up in the air while you're doing it and there's so many variables you can't control so like anything that is fully out of my hands I struggle with and so I think that that's where the competition comes in where it's like competition essentially is something that you can you can prep for but you can't necessarily control the outcome because there's tons of variables so I think that because I like to have like order in my life and some sort of of idea of perceived control that I'm really competitive because I want to like put myself in the position where I can do ah, ah, ah. So, yeah. so control, that's a lot of understanding. Have you been in therapy? That's a pretty good. No, I honestly have. I did therapy for a month once, but I found that whenever I would talk to the therapist, I would just like downplay everything I was saying, you know, if I was- Oh, upset. that's interesting. Oh yeah, it's what bad, but I- What know, do you mean downplay in what way? Well, like, you know, if, like I'm like venting about stuff that bothers me, I'd be like, you know, yeah, it's it bugs me, but it's not a big deal. Like I've got my health and I've, you know, I'm lucky. So it's like- mm. you know, Wow. Settling yeah. into the, you know. Well, that, yeah, I'm yeah. A, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lot of contradictions, you know, I'm, uh -huh. I'm nice, I'm patient, I'm impatient, and I'm also very, like, guilt, I feel guilt a lot, you know? Really? Like, Guilty about? Like, oh, like, you know, like, I'm the type that, like, would never, if, like, I went to a restaurant and they gave me the wrong thing, I would, like, shit myself trying to like talk to them about it you know what i mean like i just never want to rock the boat <laughs> uh, uh where do you think that comes from i don't know um mm. wow you know we 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 could really get into we could really get uh, into that i mean we don't have enough i mean you the thing is like it sounds i'm just gonna say like in a broad general way it sounds like there's you know what do we call it? We call it resistance in my business because like you are, you're pretty self-aware. You were aware that you couldn't really be up front or that you down, you didn't really want to go into whatever that was to be put it out in the world and look at it, uh, what you were really feeling. And then you realized you didn't want to do that. And then after a month you were like, okay, I'm not doing this. Yeah. So I'm not, you know, whatever that is, that's something that, you know, we could look at over a period of like, you know, um, and then, you know, of course, I never charge anybody, but for that, we could really rake in a lot of money. I could rake in a lot of money, but yeah. I'm not going to. Yeah, so, like, the thing is, so the thing is, that's interesting. But um, do you have somebody like, I'm wondering if you're really close to your mom. Did you talk to her? Did she kind of fill in? Your mom's an artist, right? And sensitive, intelligent woman. So, and you're close to her. Do you feel that like there's some release there or some kind of understanding that is satisfying to you that you maybe you don't feel need the feel the need to get it outside? We're, we're really close. And I think when I have a problem or I'm complaining about something because she, you know, created me and has <laughs> been with me every step of my life, like she just understands how my brain works so she's very patient and 
knows how to help me and I don't have to do that much explaining of myself. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's, that's very comfortable for me. Right. Do you ever feel like that relationship can't, like there's something, like I wonder if that affects your relationships with the ladies, because I'm wondering if there's a certain um, comfort and safeness and, uh, you know, security you have with your mom and acceptance, like you have a real intimate acceptance, unconditional love. She really knows you and loves you. And I wonder if that, if that, if that is like, it becomes some somewhat of a barrier about getting close to a female an intimate in an intimate relationship do you think that conflicts in any way or or could also be good training i thought that might i thought that might have been the case for a while i was single for like the first 25 years of my life um and a lot of that was kind of by choice like i didn't want to be you know i feel like a lot of people got into relationships just to do it just because mm-hmm. it was society says you have to do and i would just find myself like not feeling as genuinely in it as i guess one would believe or whatever mm-hmm. so i oftentimes didn't i don't know it just it just never seemed right so i thought that i was kind of just like going to be single for a while and then I, you know, I met my current girlfriend and all that. And who is your current, listen to this guys. Who is, you know, who's, go ahead. You tell us who your girlfriend is. Her name's Julia. Julia Cummings, who's the lead uh, singer, musician, whatever of Sunflower Bean, which is a very successful band. And like, wait, is, is her band more successful than the Britney's? Yeah. By By a lot. Right. Yeah, country mile. Yeah, and she's also like gorgeous and stunning in a very like natural but well-styled way like what, you know, like class act, let's just put it that way. And she's she's like down to earth and elegant all at once. No, is that a good kind of thing yeah. like accessible but so elegant and fabulous. She's great. She's like any, you know, like we all want to be we all want to be her. Um, I'd say that she is. Well, the other day I was. She's got the elegance of Edie Sedgwick without all of the, the sadness. <laughs> oh wow, that's a beautiful way to put it. Um, so anyway, but, but like no, I can I can help I can help but say this, and I'm I I'm afraid of sounding judgmental, which I'm not supposed to apologize for anymore. Somebody told me I should just fucking say it. So, yeah, don't even like talk like that anymore. So I've got to get out of that habit myself. But so she's like, uh, if you're competitive, like that's your girl. Like, I wonder if so I'm jumping to this really quick conclusion. I'm jumping to that, like girls liked you. You could have gone out with girls. You could have asked girls out, but none of them were good enough because you were really competitive. And then finally, when some superstar chick, who's also really, she's a lot, I mean, I've heard so, so many great things about her as a human being comes along. You're, you're, you're like, okay, got it. That, that one's good enough. Can I just say that? What do you think? How do you respond? How do you respond to that, Steeler? The that is that, like, like I was saying, I think people get into relationships just 
because it's something to do or because it looks good, you know? And it's that's just not like, I could see how that could be construed in this instance, but <laughs> I was such a cynic about relationships. And I had friends that, you know, were in relationships with a person because they thought they were really attractive and cool and it made them look cool and they're just miserable. Um, no, I, I have no, I mean, I'm not questioning whether, you know, you, you're, I mean, the reason that work is because she's so open and honest and I was really, um, I was really shy and reserved and I was like really uptight about getting, you know, being vulnerable and then getting hurt. Um, mm -hmm. And she was like very, very kind and open and patient and kind of got me to break down a lot of those barriers. Mm -hmm. And now we're, when we live together, we have a dog together. Yeah, you really, yeah. Together you're pandemicking to get your quarantine together. I mean, no, it, it looks, I'm sure, yeah. Um, we haven't even gotten to a point where we're like, you know, snip like snap snapping at each other over little things like we how long do not have you been together um about, uh, about a year nice so, I mean, I'm no it's, it, it really it does sound it does sound good um yeah, and the thing with my mom is that i thought that you know that might have been a like a like an issue for me romantically uh -huh. like you know uh -huh. it would be to her and and this and that um but you know, there really since I've been in like a a real relationship with someone, the the feelings are very genuine, for and shared. There's no like awkwardness, and I've heard a lot about people who, you know, are close with their mothers getting in relationships, and then their mothers have like you know the overprotective complex, like the one you would expect like a dad to be like, are you good enough? Like sort of like c competition there, or or just disdain, mm -hmm. um, and there's. There's been no friction at were all you, to get along. Were you concerned that there would be that kind of friction? Were well, you concerned? My mom, my mom is just a really sweet and genuine, hold together person. But I, you know, you can never predict anything, I guess. But I, you know, um, they they get along really well, and it's kind of like seeing them, you know, like get along and all that has kind of helped me uh, settle into adulthood more, you know? Uh, I feel more uh, like now a lot of the things that she taught me growing up have kind of come into like reality as a man. I feel more like a man together, like if I'm right. with her and my mom, because it's sort of like, okay, well, this is how like life works. And this is like me graduating from being just a child around my mom to being a grown man around my mom mm -hmm. and so I think actually it's it's been really good it's interesting um, having a relationship kind of i mean this is really your first relate first time your mom has met any girl with from yeah yeah and i was so, always really about talking to my mom about girls and all that stuff you didn't like you did or didn't no i never talked to her about it i was like very private and shy and i think both of my parents were kind of like well why doesn't he have like a girlfriend but it was just you know, I didn't, I didn't want to get into a relationship with someone unless it was the right thing. And, mm -hmm. you know, in New York and also just having young friends, there are people that are in awful relationships all the time. Yeah. And so that was kind of the, the model for me. You know, I just saw people in bad relationships and, you know, 
doing well, stupid things together. So I, I just kind of like didn't want to rush into anything. And, and I kind of wanted to be like, have it be just an entirely natural thing. And well, I was, I was sort of, um, I know I just interrupted you, but I just wanted to um, point out that I think that uh, you having such a, uh, you know, meaningful, open and, and, you know, powerful relationship with your mother uh, might have scratched that itch. Like a lot of people who, you know, who you're looking at, at you know, young people who don't have, especially for guys that don't have close relationships with their mom are probably a lot lonelier. Did you not feel, you You probably didn't feel lonely or you well, felt I, understood. I, I definitely was lonely, but it was like a, a comfortable loneliness a lot of the time. Right. And it, it was more of like by choice than by, by um, circumstance, I think. Right. Right, but I'm saying you had your mother, your relationship with your mother gave you the freedom to take your time. Yeah, I guess I guess a lot of that. Like a lot of guys want. I mean, this is going to sound a, a bit Freudian, maybe, but a lot. Of, <laughs> I feel like a lot of a lot of young guys want like a mom. You know, yeah, like, they want that figure. They oh, want yeah. a matriarch. They want someone that can take care of their emotional needs and make them feel comfortable. And it, I mean, then that gets into a whole different thing. But basically, I, you know, I didn't want to date someone because I wanted them to take to take care of me. You know, I wanted just a friend. Um, so, how did you guys meet? Uh, in in New York, you know, we both play music and. Mm -hmm. But like, did you meet? Did you know who we? Did yeah, did we so we we have we have a lot of mutual friends, and we, you know, knew each other through playing shows or you know, just being around the circuit and we would bump into each other a lot on the street. Mm -hmm. Like I think there was a period over a year where we bumped into each other like on the street once a month and we were like, oh, hey. And then, you know, mm -hmm. she was in relationships. I was perennially single, but- um, What did you, know, you we what friendly. did you, and what then, did you think? Like when you yeah. saw her, when you'd see her, were you like, oh my God, that girl is so gorgeous or she's so special or did, did you, did you have a crush on her right away or? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, right, 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 right away. I remember, and I tell her this, and she doesn't, she doesn't remember it. But like when I was 20, 20 or twenty-one, one of my really good friends, who's also her good friend, uh, they bumped into each other while we were out, and they were chatting, and it was the first time that I had like ever seen her, and I was like, "Hi, I'm Steel." Blah 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 blah, and I just remember like when I walked away. Another truck coming by. When when I like left that like interaction, I, I was asking my friend, I was like, yo, who is that? Like Oh, whoa. really? Uh, yeah, like wow. whoa. And then, you know, that was that was just the first time that I met her. But yeah, no, I was always like, She's Every, she's so nice, yeah. she's so elegant. Um, <laughs> um so yeah, no, I always I always definitely had a little a little crush, but it was also something that like we didn't know each other that well and then you know we became friendly and then did you did you feel like did you feel did the competitive side of you were you like oh was it was there something intimidating i mean she's or or was it more like i did that factor in did that factor no. in no no it was just you know we just didn't really know each other that well it was just like a very like a you know 
we were so, like mutual friends of a bunch of friends so so you were in the same circles and you were aware of each other and how'd you get to know each other um yeah just sort of through the mutual friends and bumping into each other on the street having small talk you know chit chats on at a store or on the street or in a bar or whatever um and then yeah we just sort of like when we started bumping into each other a lot more then we sort of started talking as friends and then you know she was single and i was single and then we went on a date and who no you didn't just go on a date somebody initiated initiated the date who why are you guys you don't you don't want to talk you're it's not yeah, that you she, don't want to talk about it it's just it's i think they're i think you're not 100 percent comfortable talking about it which is cool <laughs> let's talk about uh, it definitely so how did yeah, you guys okay tell me about the first kiss i want to know can you do that? I can't tell you that. I can't tell you that. It was. How about uh, the circumstances leading up to it? You know, okay. like who called who? That's what I want to know. Uh, she she asked me to get a drink, but okay. I wasn't sure if it was a date or not, and I okay. don't think she was sure if it was a date or not. And and then we had a nice drink, and then we went on a nice walk along the water. Okay, so and she she asked you to have a drink. Miss, so, so I made the first kiss. you made the first move, of course, of course. No, that's how, yeah, of course, that's how it works. No, we know that because you're the guy. You would never let a competitive guy would never let a chick go first. No way. Anyway, um, so it sounds really romantic. I can't wait to get into the really deep interview that we can then get into Tiger Beat magazine. But um, so. I want to find out why it took you, like, what, what the fuck was going on? Like, so up until you were 25, did you ever, did you ever have, did you have sex with girls? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, was, I'm not like a, I'm not Christian, but. No, so like, would you like have sex with girls that you weren't planning on getting involved in with? Well, or did you, did you have any, any like, did you date anyone? Yeah, I mean, I dated, but not like, not in a relationship, you know? It was like, I was perennially single, but going on dates. And I was trying definitely to meet the right person. It wasn't like I was like trying to be some player or anything like that. Um, like that, that's, that was never my intention. And that, you know, mm -hmm. I think that sort of like premeditated, like, let me go out and just like be a player right. is, is gross. But, um, no, I just, you know, I tried to find romance and love and then, but I just sort of figured that it, it would have to be like a special, like true connection for it to like materialize in the way that it, that it was supposed to, you know? So I was definitely, I was definitely a little burnt by the whole process of dating, you know, because uh -huh. when, how did when, you date? I mean, were you meeting girls at school? You never, I don't picture you doing online dating or anything like that. It was, it was more just like friends and bands and stuff like that. Girls sure. that you would meet. Right. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, um, I don't know. Whenever, when you're single, it's like a give and take. Sometimes you reject people and other times you get rejected. So mm -hmm. it was kind of like, I started getting like meta about it. It wasn't like if I got rejected, I'd be like, you know, 
I wouldn't go all incel or anything. It wasn't like, <laughs> I was very sure in the, in it being just circumstantial. And, you, you know, you know it's, it's interesting that you didn't talk to your mom about any of this. Did you didn't, mm -mm. did you talk to anybody about any of this? Not really. Um, I mean, I think I told my mom that, you know, I didn't want to get into a relationship with someone unless it was like a valid thing. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I get that. And she was like, you know, your sister was the same way. She dated guys, but she was always like, I never really liked any of them enough. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then she met, you know, her current boyfriend and they've been together for almost 10 years now. Nice. And oh, she that's was, nice. You know, she was like, I've had boyfriends, but I didn't feel like I really truly like loved them in the same way. What was your, I mean, it sounds, it sounds kind of sickeningly healthy. I'll just say that. But <laughs> so what, uh, what was your, what, what your parents are divorced, you told me, right? So what was their relationship like? They had a, they had a good relationship. They were together for 30 years. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't, they were, they got married like early in the seventies. Like my mom was probably 24, I think. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think at the time in New York, that was kind of a surprise for someone that at that age to get married. You know, why do why do you think she got married so young? Um, they just they just they really were in love. Yeah, they they. I mean, they, not because of you or anything. No, 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 no pregnant. No. They really just fell in love. Let's get married. So they, so they started dating, and then like I guess a couple of years in, they they went on this trip. Um, they went they flew to Istanbul, and then they like backpacked across eurasia and then asia and you know they, they went to like nepal they went to india wow. that's so romantic my dad got dysentery in afghanistan it was like mm. this guy you know except he didn't die um and so you know they were like in an afghani hospital for a little while and then wow you know they were my mom was like nursing him back to health in like wow. they were in in afghanistan and then they traveled wow india for like a month and so i think after that like three month trip with like health scares and you know in afghanistan it was right before like their war with russia so it was like they went through a lot of tense areas and when they got back they were kind of like well if we can you know go through three really intense months of traveling where there was like a health crisis and all this stuff and you know we're not tired of each other they, they road tested their relationship yeah. and concluded like yeah let, this is a pretty good thing and it and it was it lasted 30 years so were they how did they how did they how were they as a couple did they argue were they really close they were they were close they didn't argue very much i think just like you know did so you see a lot of love or did they seem really compatible or they're compatible and you know they're both like very kind and gentle people um mm -hmm. and yeah i don't know i guess you know everything kind of has it's uh it's time you know did and you like, feel like they were a good example of a couple like do you feel like because clearly your relationship with your mom is a good way to be to learn about it i mean you learned about intimacy and trust with well, your mom dad, did you dad, have that with your dad yeah, me and my dad are really close and mm -hmm. post all of my mm -hmm. growing up and he taught me how to play drums and mm -hmm. uh, and you and your sister have similar attitudes about relationships, which is kind of like, as I said, sickeningly healthy because yeah. you had your parents as uh, emotional stability. A lot of people, myself included, don't have shit like that. 
And so we wind up trying to create stability in our emotional lives and we've got to work with whatever we, mm-hmm. we can. And, and, and that can be good too. I'm not. Well, my dad, my dad was you know, really outwardly affectionate. To, oh, to, nice. It was like the type of thing like where if I was around friends, he would still like give me a hug and a kiss on the head and say, I love you. Oh, I was in middle school. Of course, my friends would all like roast. Me. <laughs> I wouldn't be embarrassed. I'd be like, yeah, all right. Uh-huh. Dad, yours. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you know, so it was, I've, I'm really close with both my parents. And uh-huh. I think I, I talk to them on the phone every day. I see them. They both live in New York. So I see them every week. Um, so can I ask how, the, I mean, of course I can ask, how, how did they get, why, why did they call it off? I honestly, I mean, I don't know. Um, and I never really wanted to know. Were you surprised when they told oh, you they were, how old were you? I was 13. So they waited. Oh, wow. That's, I, I, I thought that's pretty young. You were pretty young. Were you like. Well, so they were, they were together for 20 years before they had kids. Right. Right. So I got 15 years. Right. And, um, and then they had my sister and then me. So, you know, it was around year 30 that they split. And I guess I was, I was born at year 17 then of their marriage. So they, they were, you know, a couple before yeah. kids for a long time and then with kids. And I think just probably, you know, time, time works, however time works and things change and mm-hmm. they still, they're still close, you know, mm-hmm. they're still good they're, friends. Yeah, they're going to be, you know, we have, we have dinner together with, you know, the both of them and my stepmom, my dad remarried, and, you know, everybody gets along and we do social things together. And it's not, it's not bad at all. I think it's just, you know, it had a beginning, middle and an end. Yeah, it's inevitable that things kind of die. And I don't think that I don't think it's like a a malicious thing. I don't think anything bad happened. Yeah. Um, I also have like, I never really want to know. I don't need to know. Right, right. Yeah. And they're respectful towards each other. And that's all yeah, you need and, to and know. You know they, they waited. I think mm-hmm. that they, were, they waited till I was 13 because they wanted me to like be able to comprehend it a little bit more and mm-hmm. have a better grip on, on how like mm-hmm. our relationships work and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. um, I was able yeah. to process it really well. Yeah, they did it. They did. They obviously did a good job. Mm-hmm. So uh do how how did you take that like how how much older is your sister five years so she was a freshman in college mm-hmm. were you guys uh, close did you stick yeah, through this did, did yeah. so what happened in your household what was that like when they told you um, they were getting a divorce well they they told my sister and then they told me separately and you know because my sister was at college and i was oh, okay they both sort of sat me down and told me and i was just kind of like oh it was just sort of a surprise, you know? Mm-hmm. But were you upset? How did you feel about it? I was definitely upset. How, did, how has it affected you? Mm, I think it just, I think the only way that it affected me was that it made me weary about relationships. Ah, now I get it. Now but so, also, I think because they had such a good relationship for so long, I was kind of like, you know, I don't need to, to rush into anything. If there's the right thing out there, it'll happen. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I was able to understand it all and I knew that it wasn't about anything other than just sort of mm. life and circumstance. So right. I knew that they were both going to be present. It wasn't like my dad was going to move away or my mom was going to move away. Right. So 
you know, it was a bit of an adjustment, but it's like, you know, I would talk to my dad every morning before school and then every day oh, when I nice. Nice. So like three times a week. And so it was they sound it, like you know, really good parents, frankly. They, frankly. they do. They do sound like good parents. I lucked out. So, so your dad, your mom, is your mom, did your mom have any boyfriends? Does she have a boyfriend? Did she date anybody no, that I was it for her? I, yeah, I think she was like, been there, done that, you know. I've oh. I've lived a whole life. I'm just like, and you know, she's she's comfortable with herself. So she right. yeah. happy just, you know. Yeah, why deal with some idiot guy if you don't have to? Yeah. I get it. Yeah. And and how about and your dad remarried. So what what what's what kind of woman did he choose the second time around? How's she different than your mom? Um, I don't know. They're not they're not terribly you know they're they're not terribly different. They both are <laughs> nice and fun people. Uh -huh. um, Carrie, uh, who's my stepmom, she's a writer. She like writes like architecture, wow. uh, critique and stuff like that. Oh. Um, and you know interested in music and the arts for sure so there's a lot of similarities in that realm um but you know they're their own people and mm -hmm. uh different experiences but i get i definitely get along with her really well and i think like when i was a child or when i was in in high school you know i, I was we got along you know it was always like you know this is a nice woman that's another person that's in my life now and you know, I'm not going to give her any grief because it's like all she wants to do is, you know, be in a relationship with my dad and love my dad. So there was never any like stepmother, stepchild drama. Right. And she treat, uh, treated you with respect. She didn't yeah, try to be yeah, your mom yeah. and all that stuff, right? No, not at all. She, she always treated me like that, which Good. is exactly what. Okay. Well, folks, we're going to have to uh, call this to an end, but I just want to say that uh, there's some uh, pretty good parenting that we learned about today and how it can have a positive effect on your child if you know how to get close to them I think is what one one twist I will throw at you yeah uh, I was a uh, I was fat throughout my whole life until oh. I was seven I think impacted why I was oh. Oh, that's interesting. That is a big deal. How, how, I mean, I don't know if you were really fat, but you're saying you're fat. That was an issue. So how did you lose? Did, were you into sports or like you were fat and into sports or what happened? Yeah, I was fat and into sports. I liked eating and drinking sodas. Um, but yeah, no, I was fat. And then I asked a girl to prom, junior prom, and she said no. And then I was like, I'm not being fat anymore. And so then I like worked towards like losing the weight. And I did a lot of bike riding over the Williamsburg Bridge and eating healthy. And then, you know, I lost the weight, but I still didn't like really understand how dating worked. And so I was really shy for a long time. Ah. And I, I would say that I didn't really start like dating until I was probably like 19 or 20. Ah, oh, so that's why you're a nice guy. Cause you, you appreciate like, you know you know both sides okay yes that's, that's not good. Yeah. That's um, good. anyway steel uh you're great i really thank you for being such a good sport today i really enjoyed our chat and i want to remind people to listen to radio free brooklyn and listen to dr lisa gives a shit if you go to my uh page on uh, radiofreebrooklyn.com you can see uh all my archives all the fabulous interviews i've had with artists musicians 
crazy people. And uh, I, don't forget to go to radio and donate. We need money. We're, if you li like this show, please help us stay on the air. So, Steele, I'm going to just turn the rest of the show back to you. you got a couple of songs you're going to play for us. Tell us about them and uh, give us, you know, say, do some self-promo. Say your website or something. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you go to steelcrat.com. That's the website. Uh, you can find me on social media as Steel FC. Um, I got in trouble. I used to be called Brooklyn Steel, but there's a venue with the same name. So uh, I had to change that. <laughs> um, but yeah, Steel FC, find me on all them things. And I've got an EP that I'm in the process of recording and I'll be sprinkling songs out through the fall. Um, I'm going to play the first song that I released. Uh, it's called, is this how you find love? And it's in a similar realm uh, thematically to save room. I kind of like talking bitterly about people that treat each other poorly in relationships. So, and, and then you're going to play another song after that as well. Right. What's the other song? Well, I, the one I sent you is called If You're Passing Through, but I'm going to call an audible and I'm going to play a song called I'd Like To that, okay. isn't that I released, but um, yeah, this is, is this how you find love? 